Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Growth Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that can allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over 50 million pounds worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Business Growth Secrets. I'm really, really excited today because I've got a gentleman with me as a guest who is a true entrepreneur. And I'm really, really looking forward to this chat myself. I'm sure I'm going to learn some great things as well as we talk to Steve. So Steve Perez has founded the Global Brands, which is the drinks brand, which has gone on to found drinks such as VK that many people will be familiar with, Hooch, and so many more. He has expanded that business and grown it, been named Entrepreneur of the Year multiple times. He's been able to go out there and, and really make a dent in the drinks industry, as well as the hospitality industry, having hotels and restaurants and achieve some amazing things. So I'm really, really looking forward to uh, talking to you, Steve. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on and uh, really looking forward to getting to know you more. Yeah, yeah, likewise. I've listened to your show quite a few times. And I think it's really great what you're doing here for entrepreneurs such as myself because the most difficult time you will ever have in your business is when you're starting or when you're thinking of starting. And um, maybe I can sort of show you, tell you some of the, my experiences, which might help people, it might encourage people, actually might put some people off, which is not <laughs> Well, we're certainly getting an outcome, right? You know, and, and that that really sort of sets it up perfectly that obviously you've gone on and achieved amazing success. Building a, a 90 million pound company is, is no easy feat. Where did this all start for you, Steve? How did you how did you get started? What was the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey and what did that look like? Well, I kind of think back, you know, having heard some of the stories on your podcast. Uh, about when I was a kid, and and, and I remember when I was probably about sixteen. Yeah, my dad said, "What you know? What are you going to do?" And because uh, my father was in the restaurant business, and uh, and I said, "I've got this great idea to 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 uh, open a coffee shop and uh, and sell records." Uh, that's when we had records, and uh, and it, probably about the same time as Richard Branson was started. Oh, I never heard of him at that point. Uh, I remember my mum burst into tears and and said, "I need to be an engineer or something." Uh, and uh, uh, and that kind of put me off a while. But so my father was a restaurant turf and then and then actually I kind of joined his business, worked in his business. But uh, but then my father died when I was fairly young, when he when I was just nineteen, and um, so I went off and. Went uh, eventually worked for uh, industry. Worked for a big company, Tetlis, a uh, big brewer, and uh, as a as a pub manager. Um, one day, my boss said to me, "Steve, you're fantastic. You're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. Numbers are higher than anybody else. You're making loads of money for the business. I wish I had you know, more guys like you. Yeah. How do you see? 
your future. I was just about probably about 25, 26 at that time. I said, well, one day I want your job. And he said, well, you've got no chance. I said, well, why is that? Well, I've seen his TV and you don't have a degree. So you need a degree to to be an area manager. Oh, yeah. I said, have you got a degree? He said, oh, yeah, 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 I've got a degree. So what, he's got a degree in. So I've got a degree in Greek mythology. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he suggested I went out and uh, got a a degree. I got to night school and I thought, you know, this isn't really for me. And, 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 and one day I just decided I'm just going to leave. I kind of, I was kind of, because I wasn't gay anywhere. Yeah. And then I had a few ideas, but I noticed at that time, premium imported beers, like such people never heard of stuff like Stoll and Bex and Bud and all these brands. But but because my pub was what they called a fun pub, we were in, we were selling stuff like this. I thought, well, we it could be a good market locally or whatever importing some of these beers. And uh, it was quite a struggle to start with because, of course, I got no money uh, and uh, we got a van. So I was delivering at one time and I was putting my tie in. Those time, days you had to wear a you know, tie to go and sell. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and and it was quite difficult. You know, so this is Budweiser, it's from America and you drink it out of the bottle. Out of the bottle, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you drink it out of the bottle, don't pour it in a glass. And uh, the business, yeah, turned eventually... Uh, ended up turning up about ten million pounds, but meanwhile, uh, the brewers had all sort of caught on to the idea, and and some of the bigger businesses, and and all gone to the likes of Budweiser and Sol and uh, Corona, Grosch, and all had contracts, which meant I was no longer able to import them. I had to buy directly from you know, from 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 the brewer, um, and. A recession this ninety six uh, came along, few bad debts, quite a lot of bank borrowings and all that sort of stuff. And uh, one day the bank said, "That's it, we're pulling the plug." And uh, and it's a pretty scary thing if you you know if you built a business up for ten years and you know I'm not saying I was making a fortune, but I managed to buy myself a second Porsche. You know, so I was quite proud of that. And uh, but but when um, uh, the receiver come into your office and say, yeah, I want your keys. I want your keys to your car. And, uh, well, can I help you with anything? No, no, don't worry. We need you. We'll call you. And I remember you know, getting on the bus because I didn't have a car and, and going home. Well, which is yeah. incredible, really. And I think it's really important because a lot of people, I think that in that example, You've invested a decade of your life into something, and especially when it's your first business, it's you're quite emotionally tied to it, right? You know, and and it can be crushing, and then it's the fallout of that. And and I think pretty much all successful people have had a scenario like that, some to the extreme, some not to the extreme. But that is a decade of your life. But the one thing I do think, and it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on this, is the skills that you learned along the way you know, in that decade is really what you're left with, isn't it, right? That's the that's the your ROI, your return on investment, is your ability to be able to do certain things. Now, how do you see it? How, how, how did you kind of reflect on that situation? Well, it wasn't it wasn't a waste of 10 years. Yeah. Sure. You know, I, 
what what I, what I learned. Well, for a start, I built up relationships. Yeah, yeah. I mean, business is all about relationships. Yeah, I, yeah. You start off, and yeah, nothing about business. Yeah, I learned how do I, yeah, how yeah how do I negotiate? How do I get on with people? I also learned, yeah, how to get things produced, um, and and that put me in good stead, yeah, for my next business. And I also learned a, val- a lot of very valuable lesson in terms of how to manage your credit control is because those times probably yeah let people have too much credit and then yeah they went bust um you know and, and I've, you know, I've heard you talk about your numbers you've got to get your numbers right and in those days i don't think my, my numbers were were right you know you look inwards say what well, yeah sure I, there was lots of external factors that called that caused the business to fail but you know if, if i look back yeah there was things we probably could have you know, done better. Do you know what? I think that's the trait, though, of a really great entrepreneur, that you said that you looked inwards. Because I think that actually a lot of people don't look inwards. A lot of people look outwards because it's easier to blame something else than actually looking inwards. But I think looking inwards is actually where you learn, right? Yeah, and, and you learn from from your, you learn from your mistakes, whatever you do, you know, even... Yeah, we're creating brands even now, and you know, not everything works. And they uh, say, "Well, why? What? Why did that fail?" We don't have to point fingers at people. Say, "You, you know, you screwed up there. You, you, you created a brand and it hasn't worked. Right. What can we? What can we do better next time?" And um, yeah, lots of entrepreneurs, very successful entrepreneurs. And people told me this at the time, but it didn't really help. So if you, you don't worry, people. You know, people like you pick up start again and uh, you'll be successful again one one day i really did not believe it leave it i look i remember looking at in the mirror coming back from london and pointing at myself and going failed businessman did you uh, really wow yeah, wow. yeah it it really hurt being a failure uh and uh and i kind of said from that i said i'm you know i'm never going to have what well, i determined yeah a big business then 10 million pound business yeah, I said I'm gonna just. Yeah, I've got. I managed by the skin of my teeth to hang on to my house, and and had a like a bit of a small holding. I thought I'm gonna grow my own vegetables and try and live off the land and stuff like that. And then it didn't last last for long. It's <laughs> <laughs> missed the Porsche too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a bit like you know, it's a bit like uh, you know. Falling in love, you know, you're like, I'll never fall in love again, you know. <laughs> no, I, I think that's so transparent and, you know, honest for and, and anybody going through that scenario, there'd be no doubt that people, if they don't go through that scenario, you know, it's something that happens to most people, right, or, that really go big, you know, and a lot of people are afraid to go big because of that fear holds them and actually never really discover their, their true potential. And I think those skills are honed, right? is when, you know, I know that in, you know, the first business that I really shot up really, really fast, I know the mistakes I made, you know, and I know I had a lot of great things happen along the way, but I also had a, you know, an exit that didn't quite work so well for me, right? And I wish I would have done things differently, but the truth be told is I'm better for it, right? I, you know, I think that my biggest lesson I ever learned was going through that. And I think that you sharing that and saying, hey, that's where I was at, 
how did you pick yourself up? Which I think is the really, you know, really will be, you know, interesting to hear. So you, in one moment, you're like, I've failed. I'm going to live off the land. I'm going to do things differently. What happened then? And then kind of, <clears throat> yeah, I'm an opportunist. You know, uh, opportunities arise, arose. Because of, because we're going through a recession, it meant, you know, that there was some out-of-date, you know, product on the market, cheap, cheap, Alcopops, really, you know, as it were mm. called at that time. So we started to buy cheap, uh, yeah, it cost maybe five pounds a case in those days, five pounds a case. And we could, because of my previous knowledge and, and experience and the customers, I could go along and sell it to my customers and sell. I could got this Alcopop and it's, it's, uh, yeah, 10 pounds a case. Uh, yeah, I kind of double the money. I suppose just one thing I can't. Yeah, and I can't really give you any credit because I've got no money, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know, what can I pay you in a week? And yeah, anyway, usually. And 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 so so we started to buy, there was stuff on the market like Met, if you remember. Yeah. And I do. Yeah. I, yeah. I said before we came on, you know, I thought it was really interesting that you're, you're almost there. You're in the narrative of my youth, right? Having VK <laughs> and Gooch as your brand. And actually one question, you know, one that we used to all, all drink as the alcohol pop went was 2020, you know? So when you, do you remember 2020? Well, you weren't behind that, were you? No, no, I wasn't. But we we created a, something similar called Bombers, which was... Right. Uh, in a, in, a, in a little yeah in a little bottle yeah fifteen percent yeah yeah <laughs> very similar that was savage um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> um, so you, you sell you you do some deals and and what happens what happens to your mindset and your mentality then because I mean that's really important because how did that start to change and well I, you know what it was really grateful it was and and actually at that time it was. I had, I say, I had, I had no money, and and one of my guys, a guy called Mark James, who's who's my MD now. So, uh, he um, he actually was my, one of my sales guys, young guy, and I said, uh, Mark, look, yeah, I don't know if I can afford to pay you, but uh, I, but I could do with some help, you know. So, but what I'll do, I'll give you ten percent of the business. And uh, as a kind of almost like throwaway remark, yeah. Mark joined the business, and they uh, say so still in the business, and uh, uh, and we started to just trade, buy and sell. You know, would would buy a few, you know, container red stripe and pre-sell it, and, and say bloody hell, we made two grand on, on that container, and uh, <clears throat> it was really great fun. Yeah, because we we dealt with a lot of cash and carries. Um, one thing we used to work quite late into the night. One thing we've always noticed, but you know, particularly Indian cash and carries, we always used to be working late in the night. Yeah, yeah, eight nine o'clock. We get a call. Have you got a deal? Like, yeah, we've got a deal. We're, we're buying and selling. It was it was really yeah good fun. Uh, but we just made enough money really then to say you know what we why don't we and and, and a, lot, a lot of these products became more difficult to buy but you have a short dated stuff and uh so we said well like why don't we just make our own yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well i know from <laughs> the previous company and we we we, we did uh, we'd done some manufacturing or had stuff contract packed for us so we knew a few we had a few connections so i said well let's make something and, and people were drinking vodka red bull and that was a dream yeah so yeah. we 
So we thought, what should we call it? I thought VB like nerds, VB, Vita, VC, Victoria Cross, got to VD, couldn't call it that. <laughs> and eventually got to VK. Probably was behind a bit of that. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, so we got to VK. So that, that sounds quite cool. VK, what's it called? VK, vodka, kick, kick, vodka, kick. Yeah. It's got sort of a kick like a Red Bull. It was just, it was kind of in the pub. No business plan, no big idea. Oh, yeah, let's, so we, and so, so we went out and kind of got it produced, spoke to the old nightclubs that we used to deal with and said, look, Bacardi Breezy was a big drink then. Yeah. You're buying Bacardi Breezy, it's costing you 12 quid a case. We can, whatever it was, we, we can sell you this at 10 quid a case. All right, well, but, but, what we did, we actually uh, found there was a little niche in the market whereby by dropping the ABV from 5% to uh, to 4%, there was about 20% saving in terms of the you know, cost price. And most of the clubs said, yeah, that's fine because, you know, you know people only have two drinks. If it's 5.5%, they'll probably drink three drinks. And uh, and also it would be less messy and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so VK was born, and uh, the year VK was born, we were kind of smallish business. We were turning over about two hundred thousand um, pounds. VK just went through the roof. The first year we turned over two million. The second year we turned over sixteen million. Wow. The third year we turned over thirty-five million, uh, and and the fourth year we turned over I think sixty-four million. That's incredible, uh, right? That's incredible. Yeah. We were the fourth, third or fourth fastest growing business, Sunday Times, uh, fastest growing business in, in the UK. And uh, people said, well, people always talk about, yeah, but hand funded, hand funded, yeah. And, uh, and it's particularly difficult trying to fund an alcohol business because the duty, you know, you have to pay up front. You know, you have to, you know, unless you can get a bot. And, and, and because I'd had a business, and this is one of the problems I'm maybe you've experienced, uh, I had a business that had gone bust. You know, the banks uh, at best thought I was uh, incompetent and at worst thought I was a crook. Uh, and so I got very, very borrowing from the bank. I remember one day the bank saying to me, uh, uh, it's a Midland bank then, he said, uh, you've got all these checks going through, but there's not enough money in the account. And I wasn't really careful about with my numbers. So said, yeah, there is. There is, a, yeah, the, the money's at theirs. So oh, yeah, but those other checks haven't cleared. I said, oh, come off it. You know, you can't expect every check to clear before. No, no, no. With you, and with your reputation, you know, I can't take any risks. So that's what he said to me. So I I then went out and saw my Land Rover I had then, and uh, which was my, my delivery vehicle. And uh, and uh, but I'd already teed a uh, deal up with another bank and said, Got the cash for the, and I said, look, that's 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 a five grand. If you you take that money, will you clear those checks? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll clear the checks. And I said, well, clear the checks, close the fucking account, and uh, uh, and then the business just absolutely kind of took off from there. But it, but but how, but the difficult to say trying to. So how do you raise credit? You can't borrow money from the bank, yeah. You know? Now. 
in these days, there wasn't crowdfunding. Everyone talks about crowdfunding, going public. There wasn't no, that, that, I'd never heard of it until a few years ago. But there's a, there's a big untapped source of funding out there that nobody realises. And it's called your creditors, your suppliers. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what I did, I went and spoke to the guy, the company supplying the glass, the sugar, the, the ingredients, your haulage. And I said, look, I've got this great business. I'm doing really well. Come to my office. I'll show you all my accounts. I'll show you my bank statements. Um, if, if you... Give me some credit, extra credit, because of course nobody touches the credit. Mm. Give me an extra month's credit. Give me fifty grams credit. You know, I'll stay loyal to you, and I'll I'll send you my bank statements every day if you want. Yeah, I'll send you my management accounts, and all of them agreed. Mm. And and it was and it's free money. They yeah. Don't charge interest. Mm. It's good for them and good for us. And I, I can never understand why people don't talk about that. Yeah, it it is something. One credit control that people don't talk about, which you've mentioned as well, which is really important, and getting paid up front, which I think is really, really important for any business. Um, but actually leveraging the suppliers a hundred percent, you know, because then they're going to get more business and you can build those long-lasting business relationships. I think that actually tightens business relationships, doesn't it? When you've got a really good relationship with somebody for sure. You know, and and like you said, everyone grows together, right? And then if you're growing together, as and, and as long as that stays on on track, it's you know really, really, you know, really positive way, isn't it? Which is awesome. So look, I, I think that's you know uh, an incredible transformation. What was it like dealing with that growth? Because that is monster growth, right? You know, going from a that's actually one of the things. It's funny because you think everyone fears failure, but actually a lot of people fear success. You know, it's incredible. Because that that was that's something I think. Well, that's a good problem, right? That's a good problem to have. But a lot of people are like, oh my god, what if I got too big? What if it all got out of control? You know, and I couldn't then control it. And, that, and that's kind of one of their fears, which I find incredible. But it really is in growing a business, going from two hundred k to two million to you know a few years later doing what did you say? It was like it, it grew to thirty million, didn't it? Just a couple of years. Like you kind of level off a few years for sixty million. Sixty million pounds, which is incredible growth. What was that time like? And when you go back to, if, if you transport yourself back in time, what did that feel like? You know, what was, how did you manage? Did you, you know, what were some of the things you did to manage that exponential growth? Yeah, they were the best days ever. It was so much fun. You know, when you, when you say, oh, imagine if we turn over a million pounds in a month. Shit, we've done a million. We've done two million. Oh, we'll never, we'll never hit three million. Three million a month, that's impossible. But yeah, it, it was we kind of set ourselves, you know, targets, and, uh, and we, we hit, you know, we kept hitting and breaking our, yeah, our, our targets. But, but yeah, the brand had just got so much inertia there, you know. Yeah, the brand was we were sort of being carried at that time by the brand as opposed to, yeah, yeah. it wasn't really a case of how much can we sell, it's how much can we make, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which is a great position to be in because when. When people start negotiating, they say, "Oh well, how long I'll give you supply and demand, right?" <laughs> well, take the money, that's the price, but I can sell it. Yeah, I can sell it. All right, all right. Yeah, we'll take yeah. It. it's not like that now, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. But, but, what, but what you have to what you have to do as a business, yeah. So, so I was thinking, what you have to do yeah, with a successful business as you grow 
you have to metamorphosize. You've got to be a chameleon. You've got to change. Yeah, yeah. I'm look, I'm I'm a white van man. Yeah, I started off. Yeah, what, driving around doing the. Yeah, I'm not that man anymore. I've had to change out. Yeah, I've got. I employ four hundred people, but the key thing is I've got a great team, and then you, you, your skill set has to change. Right? How good are you at? employing people how good are you really giving people yeah giving giving people responsibility giving you know i'm a great believer in you've got to you've got to delegate you know problem is a lot of entrepreneurs i see they want to do everything want to be involved in everything they can't they can't they can't yeah the the control freaks yeah i suppose in some cases we're all a bit control freak but you have to let go uh otherwise it's impossible to grow yeah, absolutely. So delegation really important. Building that really great team, and I like the, I like the call on the skill set. Right? How good are you at employing people? Because you know, it's almost yeah. you know a, a challenge. I had a really successful guy say to me recently, which I thought was a good analogy. You know, he said one thing that people miss is that a business is like a, a living organism. You know, it's always moving and growing. And you, you've got to be constantly nurturing that living organism and allowing it to, to, to grow and allowing it to, because a lot of people think once I've done this, I'm done. But it's never that way, is it? Well, once you've done this, it's the next thing, right? Which is uh, really important. And, and then when did it come to the point? So you've got this really good product. So this is what I wanted to ask you, because what I took out of that, what you were saying. You created this amazing product and, and you mentioned it as a brand. So did you believe that it w- was an amazing product or do you think it was an amazing brand, or do you think it was both? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I mean, one thing we'd always, we've, you know, we did right from the beginning because because of my experience of sort of selling a lot of these cheaper alcopops, is some of them tasted bloody awful, and we really worked really hard on, you know, on the taste, mm. uh, and and we got the we, we we did lots of sampling and really got and even today can guarantee any of our products taste better than our competitors. And I know it sounds like that's just me uh, <laughs> uh, saying that, but I was doing some tasting against another blue product uh, with a similar sounding name yesterday, and I couldn't believe the difference. Uh, you know, our guys did such a great job. So, and then you've got to, yeah, creating a brand is more difficult, of course, if you because you haven't got millions of pounds of marketing budget. Uh, and and I think one mistake entrepreneurs make, uh, and I see this quite a lot as well. People come to me with stuff, and they get yeah, you know, they get some funding for whatever. And they think, well, I'm going to spend a lot of money on marketing. Mm. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Let's do festivals because they sound like great fun, and you get lots of exposure of the brand. But the first thing, what you have to get is you have to get the opportunity to purchase. There's no good everybody know about your brand. Nobody been able to buy it, so there's a lot of chicken and egg. So, yeah. so how do you how do you create a brand? So, I, you know, my belief has always been: first thing you have to do is get the distribution. Now, you can market within those distribution points. Yeah, obviously, I'm talking about drinks brands now, or consumer brands, which, which I know best. But with uh, a, a drinks brand, if we if if we get it into nightclubs, we can promote. And we yeah. used to do stuff like we had VKTV and stuff yeah. like uh, web-based uh, in, at that time. But we've always you know, marketed direct to the consumer because we've not had the big budgets that the 
you know, Eliza Diageo in the big, you know, the big players have. So, so, and I think you need to think about, you know, you know, the old adage about, you know, every pound you, you, you waste every one in every two pounds of money you spent on marketing, the difficulties working out uh, which, which half you, you lose. <laughs> yeah. Well, but what you, yeah. So, but you can't, afford, when you start up, you can't afford to lose one penny. You can't, you got to make sure, right. Can I see a direct correlation with that marketing money I'm spending to sales? And which you, is, I really want to mention actually, because I meant to mention it at the time, but I was enjoying the direction we're going in was what I think is, really crucial for a startup is what you said is we were buying and selling you know that you mentioned that you said hey that's how we got going we were buying and we were selling and and i think fundamentally that's what gets the wheels in motion isn't it that's what a business is you're buying and selling yeah. <laughs> that's it right the old boys down whatever you're doing you're buying and selling something yeah it's just amazing that i, I trained thousands of business owners uh steve and and there is a real fear around the selling, right? You know, there's a real fear around the selling. Talk to me about that. Did you ever, was that something natural for you? Was it a necessity for you? Did you, what's your mentality on rejection? I am, I am, I tell you, I'm, I am not a natural salesman. I do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wish it was. And I've tried to hone my skills and I've read loads of books and all that kind of stuff. But it's not my, yeah, natural it's not my natural environment. Yeah, most salesmen are really good at chatting girls up in nightclubs. I know it's probably not done that way these days. <laughs> over, <laughs> over a VK, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Talking about that anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, because I always feel that rejection. Yeah, I don't like that feel, but, it's, but none of us do, really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but Mark, actually, Mark Jones is a great salesman. He came from he he came from he was selling photocopiers. Now if he's selling photocopiers in those days. You get rejected all the time. And I'd say actually, if I'd started again, I'd probably go and get a job in sort of doing something like tele sales, where you get lots of rejection. And I, and I tell you what, I don't like about it. What, what I, it's because it's so personal to me. Yeah, my business. Yeah, my brands. And when when I get rejected, it really hurts. <laughs> And it's great when you when you you know when you get a success, but it does hurt. But you've got you know you've got to sell. You know you you know you've got to you know. And I'd say you know get on courses. There's loads of stuff these days on you know online, your podcasts, all the rest of it about. But you yeah you've got to you've got to learn to sell. And I, I actually, a great book. I don't read that many books, but when I first started. There's a book I read called <clears throat> Going For It by Victor Kayam. Now, do you know who Victor Kayam is? Do you know what? I've not actually read no. that. Right. So Victor Kayam was, was a man. He had a, uh, an advert in the 70s. And, and he was um, he bought a Remington, or his wife bought him a Remington razor. And he was such a good shape, bought the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a man behind Remington. He said he started. He said he was. I wasn't the cleverest. I wasn't the best salesman. He said, but what I could do, the one thing I could do, I could work hard. I was determined. And when when the snow came down, he was selling hardware. I was out there selling hardware, and I go into the hardware store, and the guy would say, "Why you come all this way? You know, can't believe everybody else has cancelled." Well, I'd have one two hours with that guy, and I'd say, "If you work hard and persist, and yeah, I'm, selling is difficult." But you just if you work hard, get out there, you you will 
be successful. And and I think one of the problems with a lot of entrepreneurs or buddy entrepreneurs, you expect to go from A to Z in one step, but there's a lot of stuff in between. It takes time. And yeah. it's not, you know, it's not about, you know, to me, yeah, and you've said this, yeah, uh, business is a competitive sport. And it's not just, you know, if, you, if you've just got the eye on, on, on the money, if you're just going into business because I want to make money, I want to make money, you probably won't be successful. If you want to go in, into business because you you love business, you, you love your product, you're really passionate about what you do, you'll be successful. You can't fail. Yeah. But, but it's not, yeah. Everybody wants to be rich. It's obvious, isn't it? You know, and it's got even worse, isn't it? Right, with sort of modern culture, and and especially the patience thing that you mentioned. I think I think there's two things that comparison. One, comparing yourself against other people, but then you never really know what they've gone through. I think that's a big problem. And then a second problem is, you know, the guy gets a Lamborghini on uh, on uh, Instagram. And the kids think, well, I want a Lamborghini, yeah, and and they, and they end up following a path for the wrong outcome, you know, rather than actually saying, you know, well, I, I want to create something, which is what I think an entrepreneur is somebody that creates something, and and takes that risk to go and put their creation into the world, right? And 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 I think that's what what's missing a lot of the time. So actually, a lot of people getting started for the wrong reasons, rather than the right reasons. And I love what you said, you know, if you've got the passion. That's what keeps you going through the challenges, right? Because when it, when you get that knock, you you pick yourself back up, right? You know. Yeah, and you know, yeah, yeah. The money is kind of yeah a byproduct of 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 having a successful business. I mean, yeah, I've yeah because I've had failures as well. We've been really I've been really careful. Yeah, you know, yeah. Actually, I've got I've got lots of lovely cars and stuff like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. but. But if you look at my, you know, my business, if this year we turned over nearly ninety million pounds. It's all there. It's all published. We made eight million pounds, but our directors' dividends were sort of just a few hundred thousand pounds. Because why? Because I want to invest back in the business. Keep the cash in, yeah. Keep the cash in the business. Mm. Yeah, as with the bank, we've got property. Yeah, we own our own premises. Because yeah, I said my. My th- philosophy of business is not all about make a lot of money to please, please the shareholders this year, make more next year to please I'm looking at it as a long-term project, um, and there will be ups and downs, and we're going through yeah. recession right now. But if you've got a business, and, and actually, yeah, this year is quite tough for us, actually. You know, it's not, we've had three fantastic years, but it, costs, it affects all of us. Yeah. But we've got cash, we've got property, we'll be absolutely fine. But if you but you've got to get some wool on your back. You know, it's not a case of building a business and go, oh, I made this money. I've seen loads of guys. They made them a few quid, go and buy a brand new car, BMW, Porsche, next thing, oh, he's gone bust. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, that's kind of when I say putting people off, you know, <clears throat> you might think, you know, you might be better off working for, you've got the security, working for someone, you've got, yeah, you've you've got guaranteed income. You've got pension. You've got you. Know, it plays havoc with your relationships. Having your own business, <laughs> yeah. Happy, you know, through a divorce, and you know, which is terrible. You don't see your kids as much as you want to, and it's it's really yeah, it's really hard. It's lonely. 
So it, but you've got to be prepared for all of that. So despite all of that, because they're so real, it is lonely, you does play havoc with your relationships. You know, there are ups and downs. There are hairy moments, you know. Uh, there are moments when you feel on top of the world. There are moments when you feel like, oh, my God, what am I doing? You know, you, you go through all of that. But no, knowing all that now, what is the level of how do you feel about being a business person? You know, I'm sure you wouldn't swap it for the world, right? You, you're glad you've gone through it because I, I love the challenge. And I think that's what people should fall in love with is the challenge. Well, exactly. I mean, I don't, yeah, my, yeah, my other uh, life is I'm, I'm a rally driver. I've won four British rally championships. And I kind of started that. Once the business got successful, I thought, all I do is work. I need a, not a hobby, you know. And I thought, actually, I use it to promote a business. You know, we've got all our brands over the cars and, you know, it gets loads of PR. So it's kind of a bit of a, you know, sort of where, yeah, I could promote my business. And, uh, and, and, and I've been very successful in it because, you know, motorsport, particularly rally and everything, is all about taking risks. And um, I'll take it. And it's exciting. You know, it is, I suppose, yeah. taking risk is, yeah, is exciting. You know, you know, in business, you're only playing with money, you know, and actually in a, in a rally car, you know, you're playing with your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had two accidents. I broke my neck in, in Africa and, wow. and six, six years ago. Hence why I've got a bit of a squeaky voice these days. I, I was uh, in a fire in Belgium and I was on on a, a ventilator for for about four weeks and yeah so yeah crazy sport but uh yeah it is yeah and, and business yeah business is yeah, it's risk-taking and and it's and it's exciting and it's in intellectually stimulating yeah. and all of those things yeah i can but you know as I say, you know it shouldn't be about you know it shouldn't be about the money it should be about yeah, yeah, the look, well, yeah, freedom, being able to sort of, you know, decide, you know, you, know, you tend not to take those holidays because you're working, but, but yeah, but, well, not to have somebody say, no, you can't have that week on, yeah, you can't have that day off, or whatever, you know, it's, it's, and, and, yeah, being your, yeah, certainly, yeah, you're a master of, of your own destiny. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th I think that's really key and crucial. And, you know, every everything we've been for, I think it's amazing um, the journey you've had, Steve, you know, building global brands and building that business to a £90 million business or having all that success and then going off doing the rally driving. It, you know, it's an incredible journey. And I think the things that you shared can be very, very, very helpful and useful to, to the business owners listening. I just want to ask you one last question, if I may. If, if you were talking to somebody that came and they were at the beginning of their business journey, they were just starting up, they were just getting the pieces of the puzzle together. What would be the kind of three, three bits of three bits of advice you would give them from, from your experience? What would you say to them in order to, you know, help them uh, a little bit along their journey? What would those three things be? Well, well, firstly, it's not going to happen overnight. You've got to be prepared for ups and downs. You've also got to be prepared the fact that you're probably not going to make a lot of money for quite a while. Yeah, I see people who you know, get crowdfunding and expect to earn 100 grand a year or whatever, and, they're, and, they're, and expect somebody else to put the money. You've got to, it's going to be so you got you so be prepared for that. Yeah, you can't be hard work. 
yeah, persistence pays. Yeah, if you if you're out there and you work, if you're working hard. And and I think really importantly is 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 you've got to do something you know and understand. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, I start my business up strings, but that's my background. Now I see people all the time coming into my business from other businesses, thinking, yeah. well, I think I know it's like it. And creating a brand and for lots of reasons it fails yeah and the same way now we're going to it because i don't kind of use it but i don't i don't really understand it so yeah. I, so go and do some do something you really enjoy do something that you really understand yeah because yeah you imagine yeah well, it's easy well actually look, all we do is we put we put a bit of alcohol with some sugar and fruit juice and put it into a bottle. It's not that difficult, is it? <laughs> Anyone can do that. So yeah, so so you've got to you, you've got to do something something you really really understand and you're passionate about. I think that's really really amazing amazing advice and really meets people where they're at. It's just advice they the advice they need really. All right. So look, I think thank thank you so much. I mean, where can people connect with you, Steve? If they wanted to they wanted to connect with you, are you on so I'm on, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and depends if it's about rallying, it's usually Facebook and, and Instagram I'm rallying. <clears throat> You're on Instagram as well. What's your Instagram handle? Usually people like I don't know. If you've got Steve Perez in, I think you'll find me somewhere. Steve Perez. So go, yeah. go and connect with Steve. You know, if you want, want to follow um, his journey even more of, of, of building global brands. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I love it. You know, real entrepreneur, you know, very transparent. I think it's been really, really valuable for the audience. So I really appreciate you coming on. I've really enjoyed the conversation today. So thank you ever so much. And, and to our listeners, if you haven't already, if you've enjoyed today's episode perhaps you could go and share this with somebody just by going up clicking the three dots and share this episode with someone that you feel could really benefit maybe you know somebody getting into business growing a business steve has shared some massive amounts of wisdom here so go and share the messages that is how this podcast grows thanks everyone and i look forward to seeing you on the next episode of business growth secrets Hi everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.